Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie podcast. I'm Andy, joined to my right by nobody. But guess what? I got two people on the phone. I bet you you can't guess the one. If you guess Todd, you're correct. But I got <laughs> Steve Gearman on the other because Vance is no longer in the continental U.S. He's at Hawaii for two weeks. So we're making yes, this one work. <clears throat> With, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to preface something up front, though, Andy. I just want to make sure the listeners know that if they're tuning in to hear stories from Vans, such as, like, finding a uh, nudist senior citizen colony playing beach volleyball, <laughs> I don't have that. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just not going to be able to fill that niche that Vans quite has, but I am rounding it out with a third guy. So, <laughs> Okay. Well, we can uh, we can live with that, I guess. <clears throat> so you got any new new beach volleyball stories there, Steve? <laughs> None that happened when I was awake. In my dreams, maybe, but nothing that uh, I still want to on. Vance is like the Dos, Dos, Lecky, Dos Equis guy. The yeah, the most interesting man in the world, yeah. right? Yes, you never know where he's at. I mean, yeah. He well, is. Hawaii, for God's sake. That's great. Yeah, we, we got so a would pretty. You die? Yeah. Would you die if he ran into, like, the musky king in Hawaii? Oh my gosh, that would be so funny. That would be. <laughs> but sorry, okay. Th- this is this is referencing this. back like twenty one months ago. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So good, uh... Vance is on vacation, and we needed someone to fill his shoes. So short notice, getting the kids to sleep. I got Steve to come on, and uh, we're just gonna have a little BS session here. Hopefully, something fun. great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Steve. No, I appreciate it. I always enjoy doing this. So every time you guys have me, I'm really appreciative and uh, thankful. So thank you again. All right. We so, have fun. So I have Vance's microphone in front of Ranger. So I had to get it out of the way. <laughs> He's not going to say much. Yeah. No, neither He's of them. kind of shriveled up. <laughs> he may drop the Raptor. I mean, Vance isn't that old. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Ranger's older than all of us put together. It could be. It could be. I mean, that could have been like a like He's a like a fifty nine incher, and just caught back in like nineteen oh six. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> been sitting there shriveling, shrinking. That's what it looks like. He's he's my ranger though. So, anyways, Fatty Z Musky products. We're gonna be at the Chicago show, booth six eighteen by boat A. Look at the map. You'll probably find us. It's a big show. So we'll be there. We're going to have rod holders. We'll have as many baits as I can paint starting tomorrow. They're all prepped. They're prepped. They're ready to go. And I said, let's get a show out versus priming. So tomorrow evening I will be painting. And I'm going to get some sixes, some eights, some soft tails, some tens. I don't have too many stingers in that group. But maybe something will happen. We'll see. But I got a fair number of uh, swim baits, the six, the eights. I have a very few tens, but I got some. Um, the rod holders, we're going to be playing around. We'll be talking a little bit rod holders today, too, if all things stay the same. And uh, from what we talked before the show. And uh, we'll be there. We'll be at the Ohio Muskie Show as well. I will not be. Vance and Todd will be. And... Um, you want yes, we talk? are in. The deposit is in. 
we are ready to go down there to Ohio. I got a uh, call from Tony Grant today wanting to know if I want to do a seminar, and I got so much stuff going on. I will not be doing a seminar. This, These are our seminars. <laughs> We're reaching out to a lot of people doing this every week, and I do really don't care to get up and speak in front of, you know, 30 people at a show when I should be at my booth. Uh, okay, so you turned down seminar. Mr. Tony Grant. Well, I mean, just to do a seminar. I mean, they're always looking for guys to do seminars, and, you know, you can do a seminar, but I feel like we do them not every time. A lot of times we just do BS, but, you know, we do get into some really cool topics. We could do it. I could do a seminar in almost every podcast that we do, but Mr. I got to leave the booth, and you're out and doing that, but it's not nothing against Tony. I just don't have time, and I don't know how to work that computer enough to get all that stuff set up to make it real nice and pretty like everybody else. I don't have time to deal with it, so. I don't do that many seminars, but it's Mr. going to be good. It'll be fun. Mr. Green Thumb Tony Grant, you turned down. <laughs> the Green Thumb, yes. No, I didn't turn him. I mean, I didn't turn him down. I, well, I did, I guess. He asked <laughs> if we would do a seminar. He asked if I was interested, and I said, no, Tony, I'm not. I'm not going to do that at the show. It's just going to be Vance and I down there. I can't leave Vance alone. So you're going to wonder why your booth was moved from where it is to outside, huh? Yeah, we're like out in the hall. Yeah, yeah. No, I've done this before, yeah. We're like out in the – we have a canopy out in the weather. But no. By the men's no, room. No, yeah. The yeah. men's room? Yeah. <laughs> you stall three. Here you go, Don. <laughs> yeah. No, but, yep, we'll be heading down there. That's two weeks after ours. And then we will also be attending the Musky Max Plus uh, – this year, they're going to have many new vendors uh, for 2018. There's some new lures. There's a uh, the one the one thing people might be interested in. There's going to be a guy there that is focusing on uh, fly fishing and tying big flies for muskies. I don't know who this fella is, but he's you know he's really into it. Ned is becoming very popular. I mean, I had a call today again about someone wanting to do uh, you know some fly fishing for muskies next season. I mean, it's getting very, very, very big. So he's going to be doing that on spot. That's what I understand. And, uh, you know, throwing these big flies, you know, and uh, the muskie max invites everybody. It, it's a neat show. It invites people, all outdoor people, because you, we, we talked to some people that are attending it just to see what it's about. You know, even I can tell some of these people aren't really fishermen, but they, they're just interested in the, the passion that everybody has and uh, they really are attracting families uh lots of stuff for kids to do there uh and it does generate interest in the sport you know i've taken numerous people out on trips that i booked down there at the musky max that i mean i don't think they had any intention of booking a trip they just come down to see what this crazy musky is that they've heard of or seen a picture of once and they get to talking and you know yeah, I've ended up booking trips with these guys, and they've come back year after year. So it's a great show for, for that. It really opens up. Our area is not quite as uh, musky-oriented as where some of these other shows are, but uh, there is a lot of people attending that uh, are willing to book some trips and get some gear. You know, the, a lot of these guys are walleye fishermen, bass fishermen. But, uh, you know, it's getting them started into the sport, and that's the neat thing about the musky max not just a bunch of musky guys walking around there are a lot of those too there's a lot of real new beginner people and uh that makes it attractive to any anyone who wants to bend there 
or anybody who wants to display their baits and get them out. Yes, and it's a very nice little close-knit community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's our little gem over here. So if you're in the area, try to make it a point to stop down. And some of them hard-to-find baits. You better get there early on Saturday. Yeah. If you're looking will... for a particular color of a particular bait, you better get there early. Your color might be there at the end of the day. Uh, we've picked up baits that we wanted from guys like when the show was like basically over. I was like, wow, can't believe that. Made it through the war zone. That made it through. There's one. And we've talked about you, you guys with Dale's booth and like hiding a bait a little bit. I'm going to keep my eye on it. Ooh, no one got it yet. If it makes it through the day, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I forgot about that, but yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I would have remembered it when yeah. I would, if we were near him again, but yeah, that's the, I, mm. I find the one and I just keep watching it and <clears throat> sometimes it's gone quick. Sometimes it isn't. And if it isn't, it yeah. will be. So mm-hmm. that's just, that's my little fun game I play. Great little show. Uh, check them out. You can check them out on Facebook. You can just Google Musky Max 2018. First weekend in March. It's kind of wrapping up the show season for everybody. You know, these these guys, we don't attend all the shows. You know, there, there's guys from Wisconsin, Minnesota that are, like, hitting shows. They're just going one to the next, and they have them all spread out. You hit this one, hit this one, hit this one. It's sort of like a little tour. Uh, this this spot wraps it up, you know. For That's us, it does. Yeah. And I think it's like the last real musky show that a lot of the big name guys go to. So there might be, I think the Minnesota ones after that, but that's really far away. Yeah. That's like 20 hours from here. There is another one in Minnesota and I don't even know if it's just a musky show or if it's a fishing show, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And I didn't fact check. So. Yep. All right. Check them out. Muskymax.com. MC fishing guides mcfishingguides.com give us a call the new schedule is up we're booking trips we're booking a trip or two every week dates are going to fill up we'll be starting the last saturday in may memorial day weekend that's when the season opens so that's when we're starting and we'll go through the first couple weeks in november weather permitting in november if you want to continue to fish we'll continue to fish but uh, a lot of times we have a hard time getting people to book those november trips uh, can get pretty pretty foul weather and not that comfortable. But uh, give us a call. We'll do our best. Vance and I are going to be booking them up. Got lots of double days booked. If you have like a little group, this is a neat thing that we can do. It helped us out immensely last year since we had advanced to the to the uh, Muddy Creek team. You know, I was getting a lot of calls. Guys fishing Lake Erie for walleye. They want to do something different and. Uh, you know, they said, hey, you know, we got a group of four or five or something. It's like, well, I can't put five guys in my boat. <laughs> Even if I get a new boat, I can't put five guys in a boat and take you guys at musket fishing. However, you know, we, we cut a little deal and we take out uh, both boats, you know, get three guys in one boat, two boat, two guys in the other or two and two, whatever. You know, the guys can all stay at the same place. We got something worked out with the, with the Comfort Inn in Jamestown. And we did a lot of group trips last year. They were a lot of fun. And a lot of days, like we did two days, and they fished with me one day, they fished with Vance one day, and 
as we've talked about before, it always becomes a big competition and who catches the biggest and Vance and I aren't involved in it, but they are who's buying dinner, who's buying the beers at night, you know, stuff like that. But it's a lot of fun if we can. And we're on something real good. A lot of times we try to fish right near each other, you know, where we can watch the other guys boat to fish. We had a group from Pittsburgh that my guys were getting a little bit, you know, they're like, I saw them. They just got another one. And I was like, Vance was casting. I saw him. (laughs) (laughs) Vance hooked the fish, you know. And then we went over it because I saw him casting and one guy was sitting there. It's like, we, you know, we, we have a system going here. And like, yeah, we know your, yeah, we know your system. You take a break. Vance catches, Vance hooks one and hands you the pole. Like, well, yep, but it's working. So we're sticking with our system. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's always a lot of fun, you know, and then my guys are like, that doesn't count, you know, so, but it, 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 it can be a lot of fun. So give us a call. We, we, we can accommodate groups up to like five, six people. And uh, just set up with some nice deals on the motel rooms. And uh, uh, we do our best to get you on fish. So we do everything we can. Perfect. St. Croix Rods, best on earth. It's Christmas time. Ask your significant other for a nice stocking stuffer like a new fishing rod. Tell them to look at St. Croix. There you go. One other thing I'll mention, gift certificates are available through Muddy Creek. I've sent out about five so far. And, uh, you know, the one boy's buying one for his dad. That's the kind of gift I'd buy, you know. I'll buy my, my dad a charter trip that I get to go on. I mean, what, what type of a that, – that's the best Christmas gift ever. Oh, I thought <laughs> you meant, like, you were going to buy yourself a gift certificate for yourself. To well, go on I your own if boat. I want to fish. Yeah, I yeah. should. If I want to fish, I should do that. Are you going to show that no. as income? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but the, you know, I, I have been sending out a lot. I have a couple more inquiries. It's from people sending sending us deposits right now. So, I mean, something to think about. You know, nice little stocking stuffer, a charter trip. Uh, you can pick the date later. You know, people are worried about picking dates. I still have a lot of open dates, so you know. We'll get you the certificate. I leave it open for like a year. Like if you buy it now, you know, I'll say this is good through 2019, you know, but I do put an end date on it. But, you know, give us a call after Christmas. And been sending out more of those than ever. So that's a good thing uh, for the bus- for the business. But uh, <clears throat> but it also does leave this, this cloud of uncertainty that you got these people out there that are just hovering, waiting to strike up a date. So you might look at your calendar and be like, yeah, it's wide open, but you really you have a whole month booked of people that are just sitting on it. Well, yeah, and they're sitting on it, and that's what we do. Some people will call, you know, now I can get them over to go with Vance, but, you know, uh, I always tell them, give me a call at first of the year. After Christmas, you know, the, I really don't – when, when we'll really start booking up is when we start attending these shows. So, you know, the people that are getting these gift certificates, I tell them, you know, after you get it, you don't have to call me the day after Christmas, but you know, sometime there between then and New Year's, if you got a time in mind, give us a call then, and we can get you on for sure. Other than that, I mean, sometimes guys call and like, yeah, I want to go that first week of June. I was like, well, that is not possible right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're going to be doing that another time, but we can still fit them in. We catch them all season long. I don't even know what the best time of the year is. We've talked about that before. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're, we're going to catch them June through November. What's the best time? I don't know. 
I'll tell you at the end of next year <laughs> what the best time was that year. Was, yes. Yeah. So. Was. Perfect. So. All right, Mr. Steve Gearman, what are you thinking? Yes. We talking endorsements or are we talking? I'm talking. Power you you got your you got your little thing you like to plug. Oh my uh, SH fishing sticks. Yep. Makes custom rods. Uh, you talk about Saint Croix. He almost exclusively uses Saint Croix blanks. Even though I brought him some other ones, so you could get any blank. But uh, he likes to work on Saint Croix. He's a certified rod builder for them and makes unbelievable rods. Anything to your liking. I highly recommend them for. I mean, I've had him made make me uh, five foot six trout spinning poles to ten foot three musky rods that could cast up to thirty six ounces, and then everything in between. That's fly rods, ice fishing rods, you name it, he could build it. So great. There you go. You could probably store that trout rod inside that musky rod, couldn't you? Unscrew oh, the button. <laughs> the handle would probably fit in the, <laughs> yeah. the, the just, just cut yeah. the cut the cork off the end and you can just have it there pop it right yeah. in oh yeah big oh, yeah. perch per, big perch start falling your bait you just like whip that thing Swap right out bam, bam 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 there it is i got one yeah that's Spinner. not a bad idea i might have to yeah. hit him up with that <laughs> yeah conversion rod there you go you like hit the real seat just right it shoots out the back and you just yeah. fling it around the other way <laughs> Like canoe paddle. <laughs> it's got a release on it. Instantly, there's a little Mr. Twister jig right in front of the perch. Yeah. Okay, well, now we're ready for dinner. Shove it back in. Lock it up. Yeah. So, <clears throat> talking about fishing rods, Steve, what do you, what's your feeling on, like, the instant fisherman or the pocket fisherman? Remember those infomercials, Man. like, 20 years ago? Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm dying to use one. I've actually never. I, I shouldn't say that. I, my cousin had one years ago, and and I cast it a few times, but I've never really fished with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fascinated by those things. I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, the funniest thing about those infomercials, though, so they have these people talk about how great these rods are, and the one guy says, "Now I can cast across the canal." I guess he's in Florida. The canal's like. 30 feet wide yeah i'm thinking what were you using before that you couldn't cast across this canal i was baseball pitching my worm (laughs) i remember when those started coming on tv i mean that started a long time ago when i was like a little kid out and i was like oh pappy i i want one of those and he's like why do you want that you have a real fishing rod and i'm like yeah i guess i do yeah (laughs) why would i take the pocket fisherman when i have a a nice rod sitting there, you know. Because you can store it in your glove box. You can just in case. <laughs> just in case. In case there. you're just in case you're driving down the road and you need to fish instantly. That, yeah. I mean, and that's that's the beauty of it because I mean, you ever see them like just it's like road hunting for deer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you have to have a gun in your car if you're driving down the road and you see a big buck. I mean, you don't have to, but I mean, it does make it easier. <laughs> Well, you yeah. just hit it with your car, like me, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I love those those infomercials where it's like a, a task that most Americans can do very easily. They they portray this person just struggling with it. Like, do you have troubles? You know, 
you know, putting your rod in the oh, car yeah. and they, they put them in the car and then like they close the door yeah. and the tip snaps yeah. or they have to roll down oh, both yeah. windows yeah. Yeah. and have it sideways, <laughs> <laughs> like driving down the road yeah. with a 12 foot rod sideways yeah. across yeah. the back yeah. seat. <laughs> We're trying to put them hatchbacks and everything too, you know? Yeah. If so, grab the pocket fisherman. Yeah. Look how small it goes. And yeah, I mean, I, my friend had one. And, you know, he talked about, he's like, this thing reeled in a shark on the infomercial. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I guess yeah. it could. It, it, I, yeah. I just remember, like, it had, like, this thumb, this, like, knob that you can loosen and you can extend the rod out, like, the last eight inches or something. Like, yeah. Like, the butt section of it. And he's like, if you want power, you slide this thing down. I'm like, okay, it's still, like, four foot long. Yeah. Well, you know, we're all laughing about it, but Ron Papil has like some mansion somewhere off of that pocket fisherman. So I am sure. The last I am sure he does. <laughs> I am sure he does. I, I love, you know, when I was younger. I mean, I don't see it so much anymore. It might be because I don't watch TV, but those those infomercials on fishing gear, oh, yeah. you know, like like the banjo minnow, the flying lure, the helicopter yeah. lure. Yep, I uh, have them all. I, <laughs> you know, I'm telling I'm gonna tell you, I got the banjo minnow, and I caught a lot of fish on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a great little bait. But you know, I, I still have okay it, that helicopter lure that uh, Roland Martin used to push. Yeah. I've never caught a thing on it. It's killing me. I'm almost ready to pull it back out and just start flipping slop or something just to say I caught something just on get it. Get something so, on it. Yeah. Yeah. But the the flying lure used to be pretty decent. Um, I, I just, know, you, what's that? Well, you know what lure that I have? You remember when Chuck Woolery was uh, hawking those automatic lures? You'd pull the string on it, and the frog legs would kick as the string retracts, like those oh, old. Yeah. I, I had some of those, and you'd throw it out there, and it'd just be flopping around for three <laughs> seconds, and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, those were great. Yeah. Those will be collector items someday. Yeah, I still have them in boxes, so. <laughs> yeah, keep them. I have one that you put dry ice in. Oh. There's a, it's a little tube, yeah, and I, uh, there's a little balloon on the end. They, they were like, they were, they're, they're pretty, they're, they're, they're old. They came, uh, man, I can't remember. The high-low, it was called high-low fishing uh, board. You put a piece of dry ice in there, and you threw it out, and it like, it swam all around on top of the water. I have some of those in boxes. They were, they were like from the 50s. Hmm. Sold some a, I sold a few, and I but I've kept some for my little collection. They're they're unique. Everything. Some of those old lures are really, yeah, uh, really, really unique. Uh, I have some old tubes, like people like they would advertise like save your minnow. So you would put a minnow in a little glass tube, <laughs> like a beaker. I was going to bring that up. Yes, and there's hooks on it. So, and you throw it out and you fish it, and it's like you can just use the same minnow all day. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously our fish would be crushing the glass tube. Yeah. But uh, that's why there's not that many around. I don't have any of those, but uh, that stuff's out there, the stuff that people have come up with. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Crazy. I got this one. I mean, it, it's not very popular. I probably shouldn't even have it, but it's it's this, this stick of enriched uh, uranium. And yeah. you just throw it out there, and all the fish come right up to the top. 
Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> glowing so you could find them at night. That's right. <laughs> no light needed. Yeah, no. But but yeah, going back to that that minnow in a tube, I, I yeah. looked at that. I'm like, well, okay, that's kind of cool, I guess. Except for when you actually think about what that minnow has to go through, it would probably rather have a hook through its eye and a fish to eat yeah. it than Just to be eat it. To, to be bounced around that space capsule. Living in a small little bubble, <laughs> yeah, like Bubble Boy. Yeah. So now, was this like you put water in it and the minnow stays alive and like swims in a mini fish tank? I, yeah, it's, it's but just a, it's yeah. like a it's like a little beaker, little test tube yeah. thing, and it's I I, I guess <clears throat> obviously you got to be able to put a minnow in it, but it had like a couple hooks hanging off of it. So, yeah, but geez. I mean, I bet you there's not too many predator fish out there picking up on their lateral lines the actual. You know, yeah, right. the, the kicking of yeah. the minnow because the minnow's just like, where am I going to swim? I'm just sitting here. That's the way they advertise it. Say, if well, you're, you can use one minnow all day. I mean, you could walk into the bait shop and be like, no, no, I just want one, not one I dozen. Need one, <laughs> yeah. How much for one? It used to be a dollar for three dozen fatheads. You're like, no, I just want one. One. Here's a penny. So. Keep the change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a nickel. Give me two, just in case <laughs> one jumps out of my bucket. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the bait shop's probably selling these little test tube things, and they're like, yeah, they're fifteen bucks a piece, and they're like, think of all the money we'll save all year, and <laughs> so they're making it up on the test tubes. They're out there, neat old lures, neat old stuff. I like it. Well, let's just get in the power rankings so we can keep tradition alive, even though Vance isn't here. All right. You guys have heard it enough. I'm not going to belabor it. Hey, Todd, go first. Okay, number one. Or no. Number, number one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, well someone's presumptuous. <laughs> no, I, just, I just assumed we went to back. I thought we were doing back order when I got mentioned first. <laughs> number one. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I'm going to talk about the uh, show season. You know, for, for people like uh, Andy and myself, it's hectic. You know, I got a conversation I got to do tomorrow. We're getting some new banners made and things like that, and some pull-up stuff. I've had the same banner for like 10 years, and uh, we never really had a Fat AZ banner made, but uh, it's nice to make the booth look nice. So, you know, we're, we're, we're getting ready to do all that. Plus, Andy just told you he's got 160 baits primed. Now they all need paint, and then we need to put them all together, and that's just adding to our inventory and, you know, getting ready, making the arrangements. There's a lot of work goes into it for the guys going to these shows. You know, obviously, if it's not a fruitful show for you, you don't attend again because there's a lot of money spent. You know, we're going to be driving, what, eight hours to Chicago, something like that? You know, I want to think yeah, it's like nine, but one of us has yeah. to, a group of us or one has to go to the other person's house. So yeah. either so gonna we're going to be doing there. an hour, hour and a half north and south movement before we head west. Yep. So getting everything ready and organized. What do we take and what do we? So you know, we're all, we're all. You know, you got to be business oriented here. You know, we want to have a good show. You want to have a nice display. You want people to stop and get your stuff. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of you know, you got to have you got to have your plan made. How you're going to set up your booth, how you're going to do all this, and sometimes you add a little bit when you get there. But there's a lot going into it there. And then the other guys, you know, it's winding down. Waters are starting to get hard around here, and you know, 
uh, boats are put away, and I, you you know that there there's just thousands of people chomping at the bit. Like I can't wait till the show. You know, I want to see some special colors. I want to see this. I want to pick up these. And uh, it will show be, season. It's it, going to be coming. It will be there Christmas. Yes, because you know there's there's some certain events in just you know every calendar year at least for myself I'll, I'll speak for myself only that I'm like oh I really like this but I really want to know I want not that I want that to rush by but five days later I really want this more than that so like some guys are like their Christmas will be name your show even yeah. though they're like yeah Christmas I like it it's fun but. I'm really looking forward to this. And there's a lot of guys that, that book, you know, that are going to Chicago and they're planning on, they're booking the same amount of time that we are yes. to, to do the show. They're going there to spend a couple of days, talk, get to talk to people. You can get to talk and meet a lot of these guys that uh, you see in the magazines or, uh, you know, see them on Facebook, hear us on the podcast, you know, stuff like that, or see them on TV, all that kind of stuff. You can go meet, talk to the guys. We're all, everybody's going to be there. Uh, so it's it, it's an exciting time. It's an eventful time for us. It's a busy time because this stuff has to be done. These guys that are making these baits, especially these homemade baits like we're making, I mean, it's not like you're just spitting them up between Christmas and the first weekend in January. No. Uh, these guys are starting in the fall, you know, September, October, they're making their plans now and they're sitting in whatever little workshop they are. Andy's got a nice workshop. You know, I'm sitting out here in my garage concocting. Uh, Everything needed know. to make a bait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever <laughs> to gets it going. Then I got to get them to Andy and there's like, we need to get them painted. And then they need to do this. They need to cure. We need to get the hooks on them. No matter what we do, that week right after, you know, that week leading up to it, we will be scrambling. And, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's fun, but it's also, uh, stressful. Very. Cause it has to be successful. So make sure you attend those local shows. Uh, and just support the local guys. Yes, and that's what's going to keep them going. That's I'll, what's I'll going to keep the, them going. I'll give you the consumer standpoint. Like my uncle and I, every year, this is like a tradition for us. We used to go to Columbus, and then when the Pittsburgh Muskie Max came, it's a little closer, obviously, for us. So, I mean, we, we mark it on our calendar. Him and I meet up, you know, and and it's it's yeah, it's like a tradition, and you just like to see the, the new baits. And so, on a consumer standpoint, we appreciate what you guys do because, like you said, it's it's a Mark on that calendar every year that you have that annual tradition and you make your inventory list of what you need and it, it's a great place to go to fill that backfill all that stuff you lost through the year you want to add to so yeah not stressful for me it's exciting but again oh, I yeah. appreciate the stress you go through to make it exciting for me <laughs> yeah 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 I I, all fun. I mean you get all sorts of people walking through that don't have a clue what they're looking at and the other guys that literally have a checklist. And they're going up and they're checking stuff off their list as they go. Yep. Those are the ones that are oriented that, like, we get this, we get out. Because mm-hmm. you, you can get bedazzled by all the fun stuff that's around. So. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> all right. 
coming in with 50 points ahead of Todd is me. No, no, that's number two. You go in reverse order. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you went to number one. I just gave myself 50 points. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to the old school, and it's I'm gonna really paint with a broad brush right now, and that's going to be all the old school, like not like oh check out this bait from 1995. I'm talking the old old, you know, old musky vintage stuff, like like I talk about Ranger, the old uh, pictures, the newspaper clippings, things like that, just. I don't know. I, I always think that that's neat. I have somewhere. I knew where it was in the old house. I think I still have it somewhere around here. These old time photos of Lake uh, Lake Edinburgh. Um, some of the muskies caught. I forget, like in the fifties or something. Some newspaper thing. And uh, oh yeah, just you know reading reading that stuff, and you you see like how they're dressed and um, the fish hanging. You know, usually like off a clothesline or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the baits and, and just things like that. You look back and you're like, wow, they probably didn't really give a crap, but they caught it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was a big deal. You know, you look through old, like, uh, the the history, musky books, like Larry Ramsell wrote. And the first pictures in there are all from where we fish up here at Chautauqua, where Vance and I do our charters. It's the first ones in every book, you know. I think we've talked about it before. Guys wearing suits and they're standing down at Bemis Point and there's a fish on a hook and there's a crowd gathered around and everyone's mm-hmm. dressed up to get their picture taken with this fish. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's just, that's neat stuff. You know, I have an old photo from my family that's from 1923. That's before there was a depression fish commission in Pennsylvania. You know, there 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 was no fish commission. There was no... They were out of the Slippery Rock Creek, which is right where I live, and these two guys, and they're they're holding them. There's a black background, and like these photos are those black and white ones where they like retouched them with, like it looks like makeup or rouge on their mm. cheeks. You know what I mean? Those old photos, and I mean, what a classic! That that's like what almost a hundred years ago. It's getting close to a hundred years ago. Yes, when cameras were. Not prevalent, <laughs> really. Yeah, when know? they had to go under a hood and have a pan full of gunpowder. Yes. yes. <laughs> I have those pictures. It was my great-grandpa and one of his friends. You know, it's a neat old photo. And it's going back to, like, uh, you know, we've talked about, I, I talk about this with lots of people. Like, I can't believe you catch some fish in that Slippery Rock Creek or some little stream by your house or Edinburgh, up where you're at, in the French Creek. Or Edinburgh Lake, you know, those are natural lakes. That's all these guys had back then. But uh, mm-hmm. when you see that picture, you know that the fish were the, the fish are native to our area. Mm-hmm. Because there was no one stocking them. There was no fish commission. It was uh, it's neat. I I enjoy all that stuff. I think we did one. Not did we just did a power rank the other day on those old mounts, like right. Ranger. It's old, dried up. They all have a story, and there's that story behind them. There's stories behind those pictures, you know. It, it also, like just staying with the photo thing for for a few more seconds, the what it would take to actually take a photo, as compared to what it takes for a photo right now. Yeah, and, and this kind of hits home. Uh, this yeah. this goes with the cell phone thing. You know, my wife and I got some cell phones, and it her her phone was somewhere in the orders of like 50 gigabytes 
of photos and videos of the kids. You go back to the old timeies, they had some hand sketches and frames on the wall, and they might have mm-hmm. had a few, maybe a maybe a photo album of of stuff. Yep. And it was like those were you better pick and choose what you want. And they're not doing the duck face in those photos back <laughs> in the day. You know, yeah. let, let me take a selfie with my food. Now this this, yeah, this was yeah, something yeah, of yeah. of importance that they felt was you know for the family of the community. Mm-hmm. But you just you know, yeah. how many pitch, uh, every picture was developed back then? How many pictures actually get developed now? That are that are actually yeah. taken. I I don't yeah. have stuff. I yeah. I don't think I've had a photo printed since since you, since Todd, you got all those ones for me. Uh, all the bait reference photos. Remember that? But one? you do, yes. But you do, you lose you, you you lose those in this day and age. If you just keep them on your phone, it's easy to lose them. You know, Vance lost a bunch. He changed his phone, didn't back them up on a computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were obviously taking a lot more. Yeah, like I, I, I just remember we we when we would take the muskie in when we caught it, kept it, we would take it in, we'd take pictures. Mm-hmm. But when we started releasing fish, it was like we would catch it, release it. There's no photo. There's nothing. And I, I remember when I was like, I'm putting this little camera in a plastic bag, and I'll just take one in the boat. So you're the one that originated that. There it is. Well, <laughs> no, no, but I mean, it, it was a big deal. I had this little 410 <laughs> camera. I was like, well, Pat, why can't I just take a picture right here? Well, you don't want to get your camera wet or this or that or da da da. But you know, we started. I, I can remember when we started doing that. It was like, now this is cool. I don't. I can actually take the picture. So back in nineteen seventy-eight, Todd started it yeah. all. He put the yeah. P in that no. CPR catch, <laughs> photo, and release. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it used to just be uh, CR. I saw other. Yeah, yeah. I probably saw other people doing. Yeah, it used to be just C E catch eat. Catch eat. <laughs> CPE, I guess we did catch it, photo it, then eat it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, talking about the old photos and, you know, my obsession with gear, I love looking at the rod. Some of them where they're holding their, like, you know, the pole and the, the, the fishing rod in the picture. Oh, yeah. It says old one-to-one, like, I mean, ancient reels with this five-foot pull cue looking rod. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, if you look through the progression of musky fishing, that was prevalent for decades. Yes. I mean, this 10-foot stuff, even when, you know, when I was, gee was going back 30 years when I started as a teenager, those shorter rods are kind of what you got. Mm-hmm. And this 9-foot, 10-foot things in the last, what, 15 years maybe? Yeah. So yep. it's just like the, the, the equipment back in the day was something that a lot of people who could probably relate to if they started 30 years ago because it was somewhat similar the lines were probably a little uh, different and that the rods are made a little better but this is still the the short length and the that big round reel that you know a lot of times didn't have these high gear ratios you, you know if you my first one was one to one it was that it was yes. like a vintage one i got at a yard sale and you, you talk about trying to burn anything you, there was you know, no burning yeah there was no, no. burning anything back except then. calories yeah, let's I mean, keep. I want to keep that blade spinning. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's all you're trying to do on yeah. your little spinner, Meps, or you know, Paul Bunyan. Like, I used to, yeah, that was the biggest thing. 
crank your butt off just because I want to see that blade turning. Turn, right. But, yeah. Man, you know what I'd do? I'd get one of them right now. I'd get a cordless drill, hook it on there, and I'd have an electric fishing reel. You set the clutch to what you need. (laughs) You know, you put the clutch maybe on, like, five, and you're just like, yeah, that's my drag. When it goes click, 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 click. (laughs) That's your drag. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be fun. I mean, you could probably really rip some stuff in with a cordless drill onto a reel. Yeah. I see Fat AZ diversifying here. That's right. <laughs> we, all kind of stuff. we will be just sitting there watching. As that's what we always hear about Project X. Oh, what's next? Just reel it in for you. Well, we'll do that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I have they, they, they hit Project X. We hit a lever. The cordless drill goes... I have a meeting next week. We have week. a net that, net that's you just hit a button. The net comes out over the side of the boat. Yeah, deploys it. <laughs> deploys the net. Yeah, I didn't want to spring this on you guys out of the blue, but next week I have a meeting <laughs> with with uh, Fanic Robotics and uh, Microsoft. We're writing the code right now for this to where yeah. you're just you know you, you have a twenty foot boat and you're just running a computer, you know, yeah. and it, it has like eight <laughs> robots just going out with all these. You know sensors on it that that detect and you know it's it's going to be a little AI but it, it'll yeah. it'll get all right you know I'll just do it from the I just I'm just going to do it from the dock yeah from your I phone can just just go pick have people pick up that I don't have to talk to these crazy people sometimes you know they'll just pick them up take them out and I can be on the dock yeah that that is a nice one <laughs> you know. Some robotic voice. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, it, it'll be like Siri on your phone. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice one. What else would you like to know? Yeah. <laughs> that's a 48-incher. Yeah, they're bumping Clip it exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're they're like little laser etching barcodes in them so they can just track the progression. <laughs> yeah. They're taking wow. blood sugar levels and all this stuff on the health of the fish. <laughs> Make sure you smile for the photo. <laughs> Thank you very much. Come back again. It prints one out like a photo booth. Yeah. <laughs> you just you, you get it with an extended range so you can just like lay in bed. You're like, yeah. man, today was a yeah. lot of work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You get well, one you of them. Some of these millennials, you almost have to use that as your guiding business model because they want instant gratification. They do want instant gratification, some of these people, yes. They just go over to the cages that you have set and just have it just, hey, just scoop the net in here. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Take a picture. Release it. <laughs> you just, you know, at that point, you could just have like a replica that you don't care that if you're like dunking it in the water so they can have that leaning over the boat, they got their hand in the gill picking and it's just starting to get out of the water. You just see this big <laughs> head and they'd snap that photo. Yeah. There, we got that out of the way. Now let's go get it for real. <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about the old time stuff. I, I like the, the old, old photos, yeah. The old baits, you know, like and I know that some of this stuff isn't all that I mean, it's not out of the loop that much, but I, I like the like the old spoons and like the spoon plugs and there was yeah a, I'm this one's in and out of my memory but it's like a silver spoon with like red beads for eyes. Yep, red eyed wiggler. One. Maybe I don't know. I was young. It's called I'm a red eyed wiggler, red eyed wobbler, <laughs> red eyed wiggler. Yeah, I just yep. some of that old stuff that I think that's you know 
That was like the yeah. thing. I always see the old time outdoor life field and stream. Name your magazine of yep. like the red and white daredevil with the pike hitting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just that that was like, yeah, you cast this spoon out, you reel it in. And I don't know. I just think that that stuff's it's a simpler time as now yeah. people are comparing. It used to be size of blades on the bucktail. Now it's the thickness and what kind of wire shaft does it have? Is it, you know, what kind of skirt material, all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, we had this piece of steel that we hammered, you know, into an arc <laughs> and we tied a hook to it. And everyone's so worried about that. How long is this going to last? And people buy armfuls of rubber. Mm-hmm. At the same time. That's right. They do. Yeah, I mean, and rubber has come a long way too. But it's it still, has, it, but it's, it's still it's, rubber. It's still rubber. It's still disposable. Yeah, I would say like the most durable bait you could get would be like a spoon made out of stainless. Yeah. I mean, what what's to wear out? I mean, yep. you you could have thrown it in like Chernobyl, and it would still be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got the you got the people that want through wire baits, hard wired, and just so that thing doesn't. And they got you. You have people with that in one hand, and they have one of our swim baits in their other hand, or a bulldog, or a Medusa, or whatever. Any of the rubber baits. They got one in each hand, like so. You want the through wire so it lasts. What forever? The wire harness of the but you're buying a rubber worm. <laughs> that, yeah, will not last so forever. It's still, it's still, it's still, uh, still crazy. Yeah, but a lot of those rubber baits are through wired. Just to go on record, they are through they, because I think the screw eye does not are. hold. In this <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no. no. <laughs> I will not hold in that rubber. Yes, so they are through wired. So I see your vantage point there, Andy. You got me on that one. <laughs> right, but not many people are like, "What are you fishing with?" Oh, the harness from the bulldog or Medusa yeah. or whatever bait from three years ago. I just ago. got the harness; it's all gone. But I'm using yeah. this harness. I get a really good hookup on this because I just keep jerking it. <laughs> just two. It's a wire with two hooks and a hook of lead in the middle. <laughs> yeah, but so. I can still land them, baby. Yeah, that's right. You'll be out there banging fish with it, baby. <laughs> there you go. We had to get it in there. So, um, all right, that's mine. Let's let's jump over to Steve. He's just been kind of waiting patiently in in third place. Um, so we're gonna award oh, yeah, him right. one Reverse point. Order. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna award him huh. one point for fourth place. So. Um, I bumped you back. There you go. Well, <laughs> I'd have to say, um, and Andy, you could relate to this. I do a ton of virtual fishing. Mm-hmm. This is where I just mentally think about what could work. And I know we talked about this before on the podcast when I came out to your shop and I was looking for a rod holder and you hooked me up with those two rod holders that I didn't think would even, wasn't even on my radar, but. You know, you put them on, so then I didn't get to fish with them right away. So I'm virtually fishing with how these are going to work. And, and but this is by proxy. I'm going to interrupt. This is by proxy because your boat isn't where you live. Oh, no. 
there's a there's a sizable distance between these and that's important for virtual fishing um a lot of times you kind of want the product in your hand and you can just kind of pretend like you're underwater watching it and you move it and stuff Mm -hmm. your boat isn't anywhere near where you're at no two hours away so that makes it tough go ahead yeah so (laughs) so i yeah so i go over to your place because i had about uh, an hour till i had to, to leave where that i was and you put these on so i didn't get a chance to test them so there's my boat sitting with these two two brawn holders i'm dying to try out and it weeks go by till i get to go back up there and it finally comes i get to fish with them and i catch a fish on them and they work better than i anticipated being able to flex you know bend them and the in and out with the online planer boards it was just it's better than i could virtually fish in my brain so when you have that piece of equipment that you daydream about and you you think about how it's going to work and it actually performs better than you anticipated to me that's that's one of the great things because when you know when you virtual fish so much that's that's a great reward because it's a nice feeling yeah yeah yeah, because a lot of times it works out a lot worse than you anticipated so you spent two weeks (laughs) daydreaming how great it is and it sucks well, yeah. In this case, it, <laughs> it works sucks. out better. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're five minutes in, you're like, "Oh my gosh, what I was thinking all this." And it's exactly, <laughs> what a waste. I should have probably listened to my wife when she was talking instead of daydreaming about this. <laughs> you know, spent lots so, of time thinking about it. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. So that would be my ranking, and, and that's yeah. So I, I used your uh, rod tubes as a specific example because that was the latest thing, and that caught my last fish of the season. Again, it was just it worked well. So. The, the the thing w- w- with gear that that you might be unfamiliar with, um, you know that the thing like and I and the the best example I can come up with is if you carried a concealed weapon, they uh, a lot of the experts will say you got to practice with it, muscle memory, this and that, and I, I kind of apply that to like some of the fishing stuff. Like if a fish hits here, what am I going to do? But very rarely do I put the reps in, except in my brain. So it's almost like with the virtual fishing, it's like I'm doing this in my brain. Something happens here, I'm going to do this. Something happens. And you just keep playing that scenario around. And I, at least for me, I normally like hit it pretty good out of the park when it, when it comes time to not really being familiar with the equipment, just running the scenario in my head, like writing the program but never executing. And... uh that that's just like with what you were saying that brought back i'm like man i'd be like okay fish hits you just reach over you grab it you pull it out and you know the, and you just get everything else set then like okay the next step is this and then this and mm-hmm. i guess that's that's what i do with my virtual fishing at least when it comes to like the gear but you know some of that stuff is like okay i got a log coming up i gotta bring this trolling motor in right now what's the first <laughs> thing that i'm gonna do and sometimes it's just swooping the and just picking it straight up rather than completely stowing it. You know, just things like that that mm-hmm. that I have to run through because I just don't have the time in the field to to perfect it. <laughs> I just <laughs> so you, you daydream about the on the water process. Well, it just any of that stuff. You know, like for using your rod holder example, it would have been like okay. I've been running this brand for a while. Then I switched over to this. I've never run a tube. I kind of like the way they look. I like the idea of them. But what am I really going to do? I mean, it's obvious. You need to get the rod out. you got to grab it and pick it up. So it, there's not a whole lot of you know involvement there. But 
Yeah. You know, like if yeah. it was like Project X and, and you're, you have a spread and a fish hits and, you you know, what do you do next? Do you reach for the rod and just try to get it out even if it starts to cycle? Do you, you know, adjust the timer to have more time? Do you shut it off? Do you just grab the plug and rip it out? And, you know, there's, you know, like what would your process be? And that's anyone out there that does that virtual fishing, that's kind of one of the things that, you can even do in a boat setup that has no rod holders. It doesn't have a trolling motor. Just sitting there letting it stew in your brain for a day or two, a month, something like that, you can really get a layout really nice. Because on my like on my 14-foot boat, um, my I had the 55-pound thrust power drive on it. It wasn't even in the boat mounted. The, the way I wanted the angle, and it, it took me, you know, a couple days to actually come up with what I wanted, was I I cut out an aluminum plate that bolted to that little triangle wedge up front where you'd mount a trolling motor, but I actually had the base of it practically completely off the side of the boat because it was such a small boat. I needed to have that, that trolling motor shaft go to where I can still have some usable space on my front casting deck. So... It was just one of those you, you think it through virtual fishing and it ends up being a really good setup because you just didn't slap it together. Mm-hmm. Well, and, that, and that's where the satisfaction comes, you know, when it, it does work out that way or the process works well and and you daydreamed or, or you know sat at work when you should be working thinking about it and you know you feel like well that wasn't <laughs> time wasted. Yeah. Well, even so. even the failures, that's not time wasted. You just found a way that didn't work. It well, didn't you know, work the, that way, yeah. Yep. See, the problem, I, and this is what kills me, like when I have a failure, the next time I might have a chance to test out an alternate hypothesis might be like six months. So that failure weighs on you. <laughs> so that's why the successes are such a high because, you know, I, I don't walk around stewing for another three or four months about, uh, well, how am I going to do it differently? So. Oh, yeah, that really sucks when you're like, living with regret for a long time because you're like, I just can't oh. do nothing about it. Yeah. So, so that's my third rank power rank. That's your power <laughs> ranking. So, <clears throat> all right. Now that we're 54 minutes, 10 seconds into this, what have you been up to, Steve? You've been fishing. Yeah. Um, well, I shouldn't say a ton, but I, uh, a week ago I floated a river with my buddy fly fishing for muskie because that seems to be my newest obsession. Um, and I might be going steelhead fishing tomorrow. I know that's a dirty word on this show, so uh, I won't talk oh, too no. much about that. But <laughs> I don't even know so, where yeah, to find so, those things. <laughs> well, I might have that problem tomorrow. Everything's low, so we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm transitioning into fly fishing season, which happens for me all through the winter. So that's... That's where I've been. Um, I can't report any success on that fly fishing uh, trip for muskie. I caught a 16-inch smallmouth, which it still blows me away that these bass will hit, like, you know, 12-inch flies that are almost as long as he is. Or, you know, well, you guys see it all the time when they hit these big lures, and you're thinking, what are they doing? Yeah. You said you floated. Now, just, like, was it you you put in and you just put a, a car downstream and you just went one way, or...? Yeah, pretty close. My buddy got a, a new boat out of Michigan, one of these self crafts, and it's, it's we, you know you you launch it at the one area, and um, we floated all the way. We floated like four or five miles. Unfortunately, um, his wife was available, so when he got to the destination point, he called her up. 
he ported her, ported him up to the car with the trailer while I waited by the boat. So someone did jack all the equipment. Then he came down and we loaded up and went. So, so there's a whole logistical thing you got to think about when you do floats. Yeah, that's so. a, like a big sucky thing. Why? And this isn't the only reason. It just sucks to have to do that extra. How are you going to get back to the first car? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, but the, the, the problematic thing is a lot of these these places you go, particularly with these drift boats. Now he has a motor on his, so his is kind of like a hybrid drift boat uh, with an engine. But you know, you drift through these rapids that are eight inches deep to get down to the next section. You're not motoring back up. It's just yeah. so. So you can so go back up. Deep. Hey, let, let's do that again. Yeah. No. You, yeah. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. So. He's really good. He, he floats all the time, and he's really good on the oars. He could, like, you know, a little left, he'll inch you left and right with the flows. So when we swamped, I'm on these dang oars, and everything's kind of backwards the way you steer. Like, if you want that boat pushed to the left, you got to nose it, like, to the right so that the current catches the side of the boat and pushes you to the Drag, so, yeah, yeah. So he, he's on it, and, like, we come up to a log jam, and he's like, okay, back row and try to keep me at this log jam. Well... I'm out of shape. Like, this ain't happening. I'm dying against this turret. And he's like, no, no, I'll keep you up to the log jam. And, like, before we know it, we're already past it. He just got one cast in. And, you know, if he was rowing, he'd have kept me there like I was on spot lock. But uh, you, you yeah. so said, there's a whole thing. You should have said, I'm going to throw the anchor or drop the Minn Kota. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. I can keep you here. It's going to take... <laughs> Artificial more means. Than, <laughs> artif- yeah, more than body power. It's going to take electrons here? and... Yeah copper let me grab this branch (laughs) (laughs) so it was fun though i mean i've done a couple of drifts before but that was my first drift for fly fishing for muskie and man it's 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 addicting okay so your buddy you're in your buddy's boat and Mm -hmm. he's making you do all the work and then he yells at you because you're not good at what well no and he didn't yell um you know how it is. When you're he in the just, heat of the he moment, just threw some stuff at you. No, he, he threw me in. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he was good about it. Let me fish more than half of the float. Um, but you know, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, pull my own here and not just be like a, a guest. So I got the oars and let him fish for a while. And but, so, you know, when you do that drift, the guy on the oars is actually very critical because that's the guy that's positioning you. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to cast the, you know, this like deeper water. And he's like, okay, can you inch me about a foot in? I just, it's a little bit out of reach. Well, I'm trying, and the current's kind of pushing me out. And, you know, he, now he's trying to double Next thing you're doing a 360. Pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I've been there. He, he probably started feeling bad because you're there out of breath, all sweaty, just rowing with, like, one, one oar, and you're going in a circle. And he's just like, man, this is pathetic. Well. And then he sat down and cried in his hands. <laughs> no, he might have done that later, but he was pretty cordial this trip. He invited me back, so that's a good thing, I think. He felt bad for you. Yeah, this guy is. <laughs> He's going to get so, you but, for Christmas a rowing machine from the 50s. I'm going to need something, man. I tell you what, there were muscles I never used before on that thing. And it, you know, and the, the funny thing, too, is he had the oars set up for him. He's a skinny dude. He's like, you know, actually in shape. So I'm rowing it, and like I got the edge of these oars hitting my like nipples. You know, it's it's yeah. I, I can't even get a full stroke. <laughs> yeah. So it's a uh, yeah. So blame it on the oars, huh? 
well, that's what I'm going to do. You know that. <laughs> a fisherman wouldn't. Yeah. So, but it's definitely to, a unique way to fish. I used to, I mean, I, I, my early fishing was all done out of a little rowboat on this little, you know, the little lake behind my parents' mm-hmm. house. So I was always the guy rowing because I would get frustrated at anybody because they just couldn't do it well. <laughs> That, yeah. you know, to me, it's like you don't have to splash the oars when when you get like to to reset up to do another thrust, and they're sitting there splashing it, and then the oar jumps out of the oar lock, and you know all that. It's just it was frustrating. So your buddy must have a lot of patience if you were as bad as you said you were. Well, yeah, and you had the element of current. I'm telling you, because it yeah. changes. You know, you, there was like a seam, like so you, you were coming off a bridge abutment. So if I were able to tuck that boat in right on the inside of that seam, I could somewhat keep stable. Hold but it if there. Any part yeah. of that boat got caught out into the faster. It's like you said, Todd. It's turning the it boat. Turns, and I'm really yes. cranking one side to keep straight. Yep. I I, I experienced this a little bit with uh, Jarek, the guy that used to do the fly trips for us. And I mean, I you know he he would run the boat and and th- there were times that you could get behind like a bridge abutment like you said you get into those backwater eddies and just the oars never even came out of the water but you could like just sit there mm-hmm. now there's still flow mm-hmm. but the boat and i could do it a little bit i mean i got to learn a little bit i never did it that much but you know sometimes i'd be like yeah this is cool this is cool and you know but just like you said all of a sudden it's that it's that boat got turned just a little bit the wrong way or you got caught a little bit too much of it boom the bow would swing around and we'd be facing backwards you know yeah yeah it's like ah you got a couple casts right yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now there's no fish there anymore. yeah Jeez. now we're like whoo we're going downstream but you could hold it you know you can hold position in some strong current yeah uh, it is it, it, it's it's a neat way to fish it's neat not hearing a motor running it is it is really cool I used to enjoy my little canoe. We used to do canoe trips down the Allegheny and uh, fish for bass and muskies, walleyes, whatever, you know. And uh, I I enjoyed those. Uh, when we had their play, after we did it for a few years in a row, you had your places that I would just pull the canoe right up onto the shore and we'd jump out and we would fish the area for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a lot easier than. Yeah. <laughs> sitting in a canoe and trying to hold position yeah and but not it, yeah, that, over. A, yeah. But it was always fun getting a muskie on in the canoe yeah you know? how'd you land those do you have a net in that canoe or you, you're trying to no, we usually, we, we a 22 like, pistol yeah <laughs> i had a baseball bat yeah with lead in it no no we, we would just like uh instantly i mean yeah, on the river Usually within a couple cranks of the oar, you could get to shore, and we would like jump out, and then we would land the fish that way. Even if we hooked yeah. it in the canoe, we would land them standing in the water. We always did it in the summer when you just had a swimsuit on, jumped in. Mm-hmm. If it was up to your waist, you just jumped in, waited, landed the fish. But it was fun. Now I'm, I'm going to introduce stuff. a question to you, Todd, because you have a much more uh, uh, larger data set than I do. Mm-hmm. I'm usually a lake fisherman, but I have mm-hmm. caught a few fish in rivers and in some of these smaller streams with current. Mm-hmm. And those fish in this freaking current seem to fight so much harder than a lake. And I don't know if it's because it's the added 
pressure of the current pushing against the fish or these fish are a little stronger because they're swimming in current all day. But have you noticed that type of yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the current. I mean, you can you can fight them, and they're 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 like there, but that current, just for them to sit there, they're expending energy, you know. Yeah. And I I I mean, I think you see it with all the fish, you know, whether it's a trout or a bass, you know, in the streams, you can be you can have it right there, but it's like I can't get his head up out of the water to bring him over here, because yeah. he's he's hold he you know that the, they can just hold their place, uh, but they're 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 just so much fun mm-hmm. uh i've never t- i've never taken a net to any stream i've ever went you know it was always just get them into the shallows hand land them a lot of times i would unhook them into shallow water and get my camera set if i was by myself and try to tail grab them and some of them got away so you wouldn't think- do the old uh, eerie steerhead steelhead move where you'll just walk back and then drag them all the way up the shore with you I didn't pull them up onto the bank. No, <laughs> I kept them in the water. Yeah, but I but I did most of my stream pictures are the, uh, the salmon type photos, you know, because I would get it in there to get everything ready, set your camera on the ten second delay or whatever, and hit my button, reach down, grab it by the tail. Sometimes they're not centered that well, like my head's not in there or the fish's tail. But that that's way all we always. I started taking a. As time progressed, I started taking the bad tool, the BOGO, with me. That made it a lot easier. When one was hooked oh, yeah. badly, I would just BOGO it so I could get the hooks cut, you know. Mm-hmm. I always tended to use when I'm bank yanking. I mean, I know Andy doesn't do this. He fishes normal, the same way you would. But, like, when I was bank yanking, I tended to use lures that had a little less hooks than, like, an 8-inch Raptor with three trebles. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I like using I I like using spinner baits or something where there's you know hey it's on, the hook is in his mouth I got one hook to deal with yeah yeah I can take it off and I still do that when I go to the stream. You know I like using a lot of our swim baits which only have two hooks, but uh, yeah and I even take the bottom one off so you're down to one <laughs> and you do you're down to one yes yes. I mean, no, really. I mean, I do think about that stuff. I don't really want to deal with that fish swimming around, getting hooked in my waders or swimming in between my feet. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to, you know, not hurt the fish and get it unhooked. It's not as easy without containing them in the net or just, you know, if you don't want a picture, it's it's simple. You just unhook them and cut a hook or, yeah, that's uh. That's interesting. You've been doing that. That's that's cool. I miss that stuff. I don't get a chance to do it that much anymore. Yeah. Well, like I said, my buddy calls me weekly uh, to, to do. He's he's going everywhere. He's obsessed. He just got into it not too long ago. I mean, he's fly fish for crowd forever, and he start doing streamers for these. You know, trying to catch the twenty plus inch trout. Mm-hmm. He'll go all day and catch like one. I said, why don't you just get into muskie and have like a real reward? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he slowly yeah. got into it, and he's the one I went with to Lake St. Clair, and you know, mm-hmm. he did fly fishing all day, and he just never stopped. and caught that forty incher on like the last cast, and nice. now he's hooked. He went and got the boat in Michigan, and he, every weekend he wants to go for muskie, but he can't find any other suckers to go with him. So he's trying to get some of the other trout friends we know to go and make a half, huh? half muskie trip. You know, but he's you guys doing? You guys. Is he catching pike? Too? Yeah, yeah, he's catching yeah. pike, walleye, all kinds of weird stuff. He's catching everything on those flies, yeah. 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 
the other flies the flies put fish in the boat and and, and that's the easiest place to use them you yes. know is on those streams there's no doubt going to a big lake and trying to do it as we've talked about can it be done yeah and we've had people comment on our podcast that oh i know a guy that's caught one at your lake yeah you caught one i know you can catch one i've caught one too you catch them occasionally but you know when you get onto those small streams that's when you can really use that fly you get up there when there's a 20 mile an hour wind it just it ain't happening i've had the best fly fishermen there are out there and you just can't get it done you can tuck away in those streams now mentally too so at lake st Clair, i'm casting a fly Mm-hmm. But you know your your fifty foot cast looks like nothing. It's insignificant yes. compared to the size of this lake. But when you're in a yeah. stream and that thirty foot cast right on the edge of the bank or a log jam, you know you, you you're like you're structure fishing. You're you're yeah. you're expecting a fish to be laying there. Yeah, and and, I, and it happens to me. Like okay, we're going to fish this weed bed. Well, the weed bed's a mile long. Yeah, let's throw the fly. You know, and <laughs> I, I've had guys throw it for a while, and they're like. Well, can't you like sight fish them? I said, no, you can't sight fish them. They're, they're down there. I, I don't. You, I mean, every once in a while we see one swimming around, but I mean, we're not going to sit here and wait till we see one because we're going to be sitting here all day. Yeah, they, but they want you up on the deck saying, "Hey, twelve o'clock, twelve o'clock." Yeah, down. yeah. But I'll guarantee you, they're in here because we're catching them every day out of this weed bed. They're down here, and and uh, but we just got to give the presentation. You got to get it going. You got to just keep going. You know. Uh, the one guy was calling it like dry casting or something. He's like, well, there's not, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, there's, there's, I thought we could see them. He was a tarpon fisherman. I was like, no, we just got to keep casting. That's what I do with my, my Lexan. Some days we cast all day and only see a couple other days. We see a whole bunch, but yeah. you know, you yeah, just got to keep, keep going. But it's a, it's, it's a man. It's gaining, gaining in so much popular and it is really fun too. Oh yeah. It's, well, and like you mentioned, I really enjoy it when you're on that river or stream because particularly yes. when you're floating, every spot is fresh, so you have this new rebuilt confidence. Yeah. You know, when you're on a lake casting this fly, geez, man, like, that's why I didn't make it to Lake St. Clair more than 20 minutes. It this sucks. You know, I yeah. <laughs> need my lure yeah, casting yeah, yeah. at 100 feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I have a hard time even casting at Lake St. Clair because I'm out there casting out in the middle of the lake, and I feel the same way that you do about, you know, throwing the fly out there. It's like, gosh, let's put a couple poles out and let's cover some water here. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. go somewhere. Let, let's get some fish in this boat. Mm-hmm. I know I know you can catch them casting, but, uh, uh, you know, the trolling, let's, this is a giant lake. We need to, we need to move. Yeah. <laughs> we need yeah, to keep right. things going. Uh, and that, 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 that relates back to even while we're casting, it's a fly but yeah that's uh it's cool i'd be interested in i got one couple more we got two more days of our deer hunting and then i'll i will probably try to take a day and go steelheading i haven't done that for since andy and vance are playing in the sand well vance was (laughs) the one that was dragging (laughs) his rod and reel in the sand i was the one (laughs) digging new feeder streams for lake erie (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll let you know this, Todd. You know the flows you had that day? Yeah. Cut that by like a 20th, and that's There's about what nothing. you got. <laughs> yes, there is. No, yeah. We had ice. We had flow. Yeah, we had all kinds of Yeah. yeah I, there's no water up there now. We picked the bed. Yeah, day. I went over elk. 
I went over Elk today, and there's not much going on there. No. Really? Hmm. Nope. Nothing. I guess it hadn't rained. We, we got some rain down here the other day. We got a nice little covering of snow right now. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow might be bad snow for you, Steve, but... Really? Might be. I mean, uh, you. I don't know how the weather is getting so all over the board, like on the predictions. Yeah. One one place was calling for up to 16 inches. The other one says a dusting. That, oh, that that's that's significant. They're not like fighting over two to four or three to five. They're talking yeah. a foot and a half difference. Hmm. See, my weather app says no snow at all, 24 degrees. I can handle that. But if I'm, I'm going to be driving up into a blizzard. No, because it's all going to be, you know, I'm where I'm at in, you know, in the, historical the 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 snow belt it's we're, we're not getting it it's all at the lake shore hmm. oh, wow i had a hmm. great day one time with a friend of mine paul paul feck and i went up we both got our bucks early and we had taken some time off of work to hunt but we got our, and it was during deer season it was about it was during the second week and we went up we were like the only ones at elk and it was snowing like crazy while we were fishing hmm. we had a great day catching fish but we went back, and it was all we could do to get out of that parking lot and up that hill in his four-wheel drive blazer. Like, the snow was up to the bumper, like pushing snow. Oh, man. But after we fished all day is when we realized. Wow. You might be living there. There's a reason yeah. we're the only people here. It's a yeah, blizzard. <laughs> That's why we were the only ones on the stream, and we have this whole place to ourselves. It was a great, but we had a great day. That's back when I was in college. Mm. Yeah, uh, if it wasn't for the stream, you might have been lost because <laughs> yeah, your, your tracks we were gone. Y'all, oh, the tracks were gone. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we caught some great steelhead that day, but it was fun. It was a fun adventure home. It took us like three hours, you know. <laughs> back to college, back to Westminster College, but should have taken us an hour, but it was a fun day. So, yeah. So that, that's what I've been up to fishing-wise. Uh, not much. Yeah. <laughs> now I can get into the virtual fishing. Boy, I bore you all day with that, but <laughs> the uh, pictures. If you're going to be going with your buddy and you're going to be on the oars again, here's a little tip. Have your rant and you know ready to go. So when when it, like the boat spins around real quick, just just go one notch above his anger, and he's gonna like okay, he's taking this way too hard. It's not that bad. You back, <laughs> oh, you, you know what? You'd be like, man, I just idea. can't believe this. Yeah, you just you just start going on on yourself. He goes, don't mind me. I'm just over here and just throw a little fit, and he's gonna be like, oh boy, I'm just gonna not say nothing. And he's, you know, yeah. he's, he's taking this hard. But don't go overboard or he's not going to want to be your friend no more. That's true. That's not a bad idea, though. I, I was thinking of faking a heart attack, but your idea might be like <laughs> Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think having a heart attack is, is something you'd want to joke on on a boat. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd recover quickly when the boat came back. No, no, it's, it's just a little situation. We're good. Let's keep rowing, you know. Yeah, no, you're good. I'm okay. Work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just keep keep casting. Yeah, I'll be power all right. through this. My, yeah. my, my cell phone battery shorted out in my leg. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Perfect. So, so 
Good deal. You're going to be doing some steelheading. You got some fly fishing in. There's show seasons around the corner. Actually, Christmas is yeah. before then. Um, ah, so we caught up on that. We got a good show and got an yeah, hour and almost 16. I'm happy with that. Steve, you want to yeah. hit your plugs? Oh, I only got one. Again, it's really hit not your even my plug. plug. Yeah. <laughs> Again, SH Fishing Sticks. Uh, if you need a custom rod for any reason or a gift. Again, my wife got me for my birthday a couple years ago a custom 11 weight that he put happy birthday and all those things he had on. So a great gift for a fisherman. Makes it hard uh, to resell, but okay. Yeah, you'll never resell it, uh, but uh, definitely it's a unique idea and something they'll, they'll cherish. So uh, Scott, he, he excellent to work with. He'll, I mean, he's just, yeah. So highly recommend him. I say fish and sticks. I think he recommends you as a customer because you put his kids through college. I will say, I took the lead with the most projects he's ever done. He said, I think I'm at like 17, something like that. Oh, my goodness. So, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm in the lead. I'm loving it. <laughs> Number one. Are you, like, yeah. worried that someone's going to overtake that? Well, there's another guy who does a lot of rods for it, so yeah. So okay. i got to come up with a new project. i got to keep that title. <laughs> you want to go ice fishing with me? You know, that that's where you can get a bunch of this stuff, you know, like a $60 custom ice rod is yeah, like... You can pound those out pretty quick. Well, I mean, it's it's easy, and it just adds another project to it, so you just pad your numbers. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I might put a whole slew order in. That's right. You just, like... Then that, that convertible telescopic uh, rod we were talking about going from perch to muskie, they slide into each other. I might uh, uh, talk about that one, too, so we'll see. <laughs> Give me some ideas. Nice. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to be like... Steve, where did you come up with all these crazy ideas? <laughs> well, not to not to extend the show, but when I came to him and said I need a rod that's over ten feet, and this is there, there wasn't this was oh man five or six years ago where there wasn't these ten or ten foot six even on the market then nine was the longest you can get. Yeah. So I said I want it well over ten, ten and a half, and it has to be able to cast a two pounder, which is like twenty eight ounces or twenty five ounces. And he's like you're out of your mind. Like he's searching for. Everything, <laughs> surf rods, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he's he's looking at the rods that they're doing those competitions with, where they cast like <laughs> five hundred yards. <laughs> when he sent me some of those videos, I said, "Ah, uh, that's fine. I could probably actually cast it, but I can't set the hook because those things like really flex yes. and load up." Yeah. <laughs> so he ended up taking a, a nine foot rod, the heaviest rod on the market, stripping the whole handle assembly out. Adding an extension to it, rebuilding the whole handle up. You had to load test it to make sure that the deflection point of stripping the handle off didn't overload the, the rating of it. And then he was in his backyard casting, you know, three pounds of weights and all kinds of stuff. So he went <laughs> above and beyond on that one. So, <laughs> so and, and yeah, that's the truth. He, he went and that he, rod caught his biggest fish out of all his clients ever. That uh, 53 and a half muskie, inch muskie, I caught his biggest. Uh, uh, fish the clients have caught on one of his rods. It was worth the efforts, I think. Yeah. So you're holding two number ones. Yeah, buddy. There you go. Got to feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Until a listener goes and gets a custom rod and gets a 54. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have said We'll scrub this end of the podcast out. And then they're going to order 18 more, and they're going to take yeah. you. You're going to be number two. If you're not first, you're last. 
That's yeah, right. Let's blank that, po- that plug out. <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. That doesn't even yeah. fit here, but I had to say it. <laughs> so. All right. Perfect. Fatty Z Musky products, fattyzmusky.com, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I did on the after the last show. I did put up a little bit of a how-to on finding the shows uh, since we have changed hosts. Um, so you'd see that on the latest Facebook post. We're gonna do Musky Max. That's coming up uh, March, I believe, tenth and eleventh. We're gonna be there. It's a really great show. Be sure to stop down. Say hi, walk around. Uh, a lot of quality vendors there. Always a good time. Then uh, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. You can talk to uh, them on Facebook. They share our Instagram account, the Fatty Z account. And uh, Todd Young is also on Facebook. Friend request him. He may accept it. He's not <laughs> on it all that much. But anyways, that's the Facebook page. And St. Croix rods, best on earth. If you're looking for a fishing rod, you know, you can go the custom route or you can go really good over the counter. That's St. Croix. So thank you, St. Croix. And uh, I guess thanks for listening. If you can still do it, go fishing. <laughs>